This week, Friendshipping is brought to you by The Listener. Check them out at thelistener.co and get 20% off of your first year using the code FRIENDSHIPPING20. Are you tired of asking Twitter for new podcasts to subscribe to because all of your Twitter followers keep recommending the same damn five podcasts by the same, like, four men because everybody listens to the same five podcasts? The Listener is a daily podcast recommendation newsletter, sending three superb episodes to your inbox every weekday. It introduces you to outstanding and diverse audio beyond the usual bubble of big publishers uncovering gems from creators around the world. That's thelistener.co and use Friendshipping20 for 20% off of your first year. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Getting friend-dropped. That sounds like it almost is a sweet thing, like a lemon drop, but it is is actually the most bitter of things. (laughs) Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Hello, Trin. Hello, Jen. Jen, you know, it's never fun to talk about friend breakups, but it is always relevant to talk talk about friend breakups because they happen to everybody. They will happen across the course of your life. They're usually not dramatic like this one is. This is pretty fucking dramatic. Usually it's just you fall apart or whatever, like over time, because that's what happens with adult friendships sometimes. But we're going to talk about um, the aftermath of that and taking care of yourself um, and kind of letting go. Jen, how are you feeling this weird, weird uh, Thursday morning? (laughs) I feel incredibly detached and weird and surreal. I got to tell you, Trin, after all this, I think I'm finally ready to leave the Republican Party. That's three three strikes you're out. Oh, man. Just to clarify for any new listeners, Jen and I could not be further from fucking Republicans. Like, no, just just to be so, so, so clear. So this is Thursday. We're recording this on Thursday, January 7th. So you guys are are a hello, future audience in the future. So um, stuff just went down at uh, D.C. with the armed insurrection. And Jen and I are both feeling pretty bummed out about it. Um, I spent this morning calling and yelling at my senators. I say yelling, but I, I do my best to like maintain a decent tone so that they hopefully listen to my voicemail. But yeah, like we're processing our rage and grief still. And we may even still be next week when this is posted, you know? If there's one thing that I want to say about this, because, you know, we will have more information next week. We will know more. More will have happened next week. But right now, I think the most important thing is. Notice when you're doom scrolling and notice when you're actually participating in a collective rage and grief ritual. Oh, that's good advice. Like we need to talk to each other. Last night, Connell was like, oh, babe, are you sure you want to still be on Twitter? And I thought about it for a second and I was like, you know what? I need to be here. I, I like I can't be with my friends right now. This is the closest thing that I have. And I can't be with my community. And we're all here and we're all sad. And and I needed it, you know? Yeah, I totally get that. I had such the sudden urge to be with my friends last night. I just like I know if it had if the pandemic hadn't been happening that my friends would have come over. We would have sat on my back yes. porch and we would have had wine and we would have been sad together. And it was really hard to not have that. That's probably why we're still proce- why I'm still processing and confused today. Although that might take a while anyway. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't have like anything to add 
commentary politically. Everyone knows how I feel. Um, everyone knows yeah. my my political beliefs at this point. It's more like I'm uh, just grappling with what the fuck happened, what the fuck is happening, what continues to happen, what will continue to happen. It's funny you brought up the friend thing and community thing, Turin, because last night I, uh, I think I mentioned on the show that I've been quarantining with my dad for the past few months. My husband and I have been, have been staying with him and taking care of him. And last night, my husband was not home. He was out running an errand. Um, and he actually ended up staying at our place in Chicago for the night. So we were we were separated for the night. And that's not a big deal, considering we've spent every single minute together since March. It's not it's not a problem. But it was the second night in a row without him. And my dog had also decided to sleep in my dad's bed last night, which is very cute oh, to me that she chooses him is. over me. She loves her papa. Um, so I went. I was laying in bed, and I was like, I don't have my dog or my spouse next to me. And usually that's kind of nice because I can spread out. I can spread out and actually get some sleep. But last night I was like, I could use some human contact. I could use my dog right now. And I am not someone who craves that kind of thing. I usually like my breathing room. But for the first time in recent memory, I was like, I could use a snuggle. But Jen, man, I really, I feel you. Last night, so you know my golden bastard of a son, uh, my my cat, Bugs. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a moment where you know what how cats kind of sleep in like a little like bun form like a like a, they sleep on their side like in yeah. a crescent roll. Yeah, I warned I warned him. I go, hey bugs, I have to put my face in you right now. Oh and he yeah. Looked he looked up at me and I feel like in that moment I did receive consent. I was like, and I slowly went. I'm like, I'm putting my face into you. I'm putting my face into you. And I just put my whole face into like his belly and like back for like ten seconds. And I was like, thank you so much. And I bet oh. and I walked away and I felt I felt better. Did it make anything actually better? No. But sometimes you just have to fucking do what it takes to get the serotonin moving to keep going. Because fuck, dude, I'm glad that I woke up in the morning and called my senators, you know, yeah. like I'm glad yeah. that I had Connell to give a hug to last night and like it kept me going. At the end of this, I just hope that everybody knows that like, it's okay to be grieving right now. And even a week later, when you hear this episode, it's okay to still be sad or be angry. Just in the same way that I wish the United States of America could break off completely with white supremacy uh, and our police force at large, the asker here <laughs> has been broken up with by two of their friends. It's the closest I got. It's, you you know, I got what I got. I did a it's fine. It's not that it was not that good. Uh Jen, I don't remember who read less. Do you want to go go for it or should I? I'll go for or it. Or do you want to split it? Oh, let's split it. Okay, I'll read the first couple paragraphs, then when I get tired, do you want to take over? I'm all the way in for that. Okay. Go for it, babe. Hi, Jen and Trin. I met my friend Rhonda about a decade ago. She is a little older than me. We were on a similar career path, and she became a friend and mentor to me. I looked up to her and she supported me. We maintained a close friendship until she moved halfway across the world about five years ago. And even then, I went to visit her abroad. She planned a visit home and I even coordinated my wedding date so she could attend. I would never say our relationship was perfect, but we had similar values and I looked up to her. Cut to a year and a half ago when she returned to her hometown of where I currently live. I immediately began including her on hangouts with my existing friend group, a group of women I thought she shared a lot in common with and who I thought would mesh well. Rhonda was always a bit awkward at these gatherings. Eventually, she confided in me that she wasn't a fan of most of the women in the group, with the exception of Vicky. Vicky was my closest friend in the group, and I was excited for us to become a trio, since I felt closer to and had more of a connection with Rhonda and Vicky. Things between Rhonda and I slowly became more and more awkward, though I couldn't put a finger on why. 
Gradually, I learned that Rhonda and Vicky were hanging out more and more one-on-one, and I wasn't included most of the time. The last time I hung out with the two of them, Rhonda gave the distinct impression that I was an unwanted interloper in their group. And I just want to remind everybody listening that Rhonda is the friend who, went, who joined the friend group of the Asker. So Oof. this is so rough. Eventually, I spoke directly to Rhonda about the new dynamic. She confirmed that she had felt uncomfortable around me for quite some time. Her feedback was very vague, but the best way I can sum it up is that she felt like I had been too harsh or too direct with her at times. She admitted to being passive aggressive about this rather than confronting me about it. During the conversation, I expressed how hurt I had been to be left out of the group. She expressed some sympathy for me, but then proceeded to compare me disfavorably to Vicky. Jerk. I left the conversation feeling very hurt and bitter. I assumed that Vicky and I were okay. But after that conversation with Rhonda, I decided I needed to talk to Vicky directly. Vicky was uncomfortable with the situation. She expressed not wanting to be in the middle. You already put yourself in the middle. And that she hoped Rhonda and I could make up. She said that she wanted to be my friend. We ended up hanging out a couple times over the summer, outside and masked, thumbs up. But it never felt easy or comfortable after we talked about my conflict with Rhonda. On top of it all, I was much more serious about social distancing than Rhonda and Vicky, and they saw each other frequently while I stayed home. I know, boo, boo as hell. In August, I went back to my graduate school program, and my focus has remained there since. I was the last person to reach out to either friend. I arranged hangouts with both friends individually in July. But neither friend has reached out to me since then. Both post frequently about their friendship on social media. Yesterday, I saw on social media that they've moved in together, which sent me into a spiral of grief and rejection. I have no desire to remain friends with Rhonda. We tried to work things out, but it's just no longer a fit. But I also don't want to reach out to Vicky. I feel so bitter about the entire situation at both of them, because in my mind, if she stayed halfway around the world, I would still have my friend Vicky. And Vicky, who has seemingly chosen her new friendship over me, and because she hasn't checked in with me in half a year. I'm not sure I could rekindle things with Vicky at this point. I feel so hurt, bitter, and rejected. But it also feels like I can't let this go. The loss of two close friends, and realizing those friendships weren't all all they cracked up to be, feels like too much to bear at times. And I've been so lonely. It feels impossible to make friends in the middle of a global pandemic or and at a difficult grad program. How do I recover from this loss? How can I let go of the bitterness and rejection I feel? And how can my friendship life recover after the loss of two of my closest friends? Sincerely, lonely, left out, but wanting to leave this all behind, pronouns she, her, hers. Oh, man, dude, this is rough and like unfair and shitty. And I and I went when I was reading this question, I would literally read a sentence and be like, you jerk. No. Like I was kept on reacting that way. And like I can also see it from the perspective of the two other people, Uh, the two other people who are acting like dicks. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they are happy to have found each other and they feel extremely compatible to the point where they're moving in together. Like I can understand also from their point of view, like, oh, like, I, I don't know how to handle this. You know, like like there's there's no really good way, I think, for them to have handled this. And but they also did, I think, the worst job possible. I simultaneously believe those things. <laughs> yeah, they didn't handle this gracefully or, or communicate at all. The word that stuck out to me was somewhere in here they said the feedback of one of their friends. Friends don't really give feedback. 
friends have conversations and discussions and they they say things like, hey, when you when you said that, it really hurt me or, hey, this isn't working out uh, and this is why or I'm sorry this happened or what can we do about this? How do we move forward? They don't give feedback. This is, this is not in your grad program where you are accepting feedback and on your on your personality. Peer review. Perform- yeah, this isn't a peer review on your performance as a person. People can have personality differences and be friends. And if this was a long-standing issue of you being too harsh or too uh, direct, I don't feel like this was the time to bring it up. The thing that really stuck out to me was that when the asker had the conversation with the old friend who moved into the new friend group and the old friend compared the asker to the interloper friend, that's bullshit. You don't do that to your kids, you know, like you don't do that. There's no reason to do that. Like and if you have beef with somebody like and you want to talk through that, the adult thing to do is the exact opposite. Would it keep it between the two of you? Talk through it. Figure out if this is something that that you can move forward with, and and then like you know move on with your life. That person really did a bad job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I wish we could talk to them and be like, do you really think you handled this well? It's okay to have preferences. It's okay to move away from people. But do you honestly think you 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 didn't cause any damage or hurt here? Because you totally did. I'm really glad the askers used the word recover. How do I recover from this? As opposed to how do I get to be friends with them? How do I talk to them about this? That's behind us now. That's not going to happen. If there were any hope at all of, I guess, breathing life back into these these friendships, I still wouldn't do it. Yeah. I just feel like you deserve better, dude. And like, okay, maybe you are too harsh and maybe you are too direct. And that is something that you can work on. But it's also not so, so critical that somebody should treat you like this. Again, like the major sins here of the friends were comparing the asker to, to their friendship. And the the old friend basically like taking over the friend group. That was like, that's pretty bullshit. I, and I understand how difficult it can be to make new friends when you move. Uh, but man, also, 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 let's not forget the fact that we love the asker for hardcore social distancing. And then these two oh, jerks. Right. Good point. Like, what's that about? Like, they're like fucking up on basically every level. And I know that we're just getting the asker's point of view and that these two friends, like they have full, complete, rich lives. Maybe they do a lot of charity work. I don't know. <laughs> but like that, that sounds so shitty to me. And like, I just I can't forgive them for that personally. Yeah. Asker, yeah. if you can forgive them, great. But like, I won't. Um, uh, One thing that I think we should talk about is, Jen, I love that you talked about recovery rather than bouncing back and being friends with these people again. I've been reading this book called Come As You Are, which I've actually read before. I'm rereading it uh, by Dr. Emily Nagoski. I would recommend it to, to anyone. And it's about it's primarily about sex. And it's primarily for people who deal with vaginas in one way or another, where, where you, whether you have one or you are trying to please one. But it is also a really good examination of the way that we process uh, our internal feelings. And this sucks. And it's gonna suck until it doesn't fucking suck anymore. You don't ignore these feelings. You don't have to. The metaphor that Dr. Nagoski uses in her, her book, which I find so incredibly funny and wonderful, is to treat your bad feelings like a sleepy hedgehog. That is so <laughs> uh, sweet. Isn't it? So like picture this sleepy hedgehog that's in your hands. Like, And I know this sounds like so Tumblr, but please stick with me. What are you going to do? Like the hedgehog's not the hedgehog's not moving on until the hedgehog's moving on, you know, and it's a sweet little hedgehog. It's some it's a, a your pet that belongs to you and is part of you. 
So you hold that little hedgehog and let that hedgehog take its nap. Let that hedgehog do its thing until it's ready to move on. You don't ignore the hedgehog. You know, it's like you don't have to skip ahead to the recovery phase if you're still hurting. You don't need to start physical therapy while you're still in the ICU. I know you don't want to sit with these feelings, but I don't know how else you move forward. I agree with you, Jen. Even within the question, the asker says, how do I let go of the bitterness and rejection that I feel? You simply don't have to. You do not have to let go of the bitterness and rejection. You feel rejected and you feel bitter. I'm not saying that people don't have every single right to curate who's in their lives. Uh, They have the right to not be friends with you. That is totally accurate. But you also have the right to feel angry and bitter and sad. And one day you may let go of this and forgive them, but it's not today. I totally agree. So your bitterness, let's sit with the idea that your bitterness is useful and reasonable. What if your bitterness is what keeps you from going back to friendships that are bad for you? What if, yes. what if your bitterness is the information and feeling you have right now that will prevent bad friendships in the future? What if it's exactly what you need right now? Don't you think feeling bitter and rejected is better than accepting how you were treated before? I think it is. It is hard to be like, I'm okay with being bitter because you're not. It's a terrible feeling, but it is a useful one. That is your brain and your soul and your heart telling you, I was mistreated and I'm not going to put up with that. Jen. Jen, every now and again, you say something that makes me want to, like, pick you up and squeeze you. Like, I just that was that's so fucking good, dude. Uh, Jen, as you know, I love uh, cartoons intended for children. And I, uh, Hilda on Netflix is one of my favorite, I'd say, cartoons of all time. It doesn't come close to Steven Universe, but it's very good. And there is a character, uh, I want to say his name's David, and he's a little cutie, a little like 10-year-old sweetie mm-hmm. who's scared of freaking everything. And sometimes it can get in the way because Hilda, the main character, is a bit of an adventurer. I won't give spoilers here, but there is an episode in which David loses his ability to feel fear. And it is a deeply negative experience for oh. the entire friend group because his fear is often what keeps them safe. And that is what your bitterness, I think, is, can do for you. It can be something that helps you make good decisions in the future, which is not to say that you've made bad decisions here. It's just that, hey, like this is this this can help. Damn. Like we've, we mentioned this before in the show that anger can be very helpful. Bad emotions are equally valid to good emotions. We wish that you could feel good emotions all the time. Unfortunately, like the world doesn't doesn't actually work that way. And and you will need those. It's just like that movie Inside Out. Like you need the, the blue sad lady crying inside of your head yeah. and the red anger man yelling. Like you need them. And that's, that's how you survive the world. Another hard part about this is you're never going to get the answers that you want or the answers yeah. that you feel you need. And there are a lot, of, a lot of blank spaces here. I still don't fully understand how this went down. And uh, we don't need to understand in order to answer this question because you probably don't understand either. It could be that you made a mistake and it made your friends feel weird. I saw the word uncomfortable. People said they're uncomfortable around you that came up a couple times. So it could be that you made a mistake. However, that does not mean you deserve to be mistreated, especially over a prolonged period of time. That is not how friends treat each other. Friends work things out or until they can't anymore. Even though we don't know exactly what went down, we know that you're not a monster. I would say it's time to treat this like um, a romantic breakup. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of advice on how to do that all over the internet. That means no more looking at their social media. No matter how tempted you are, you don't need insight into their their life. You don't need that. Oh, absolutely. 
I want you to treat social media the way I do. Okay, listen to this, buddy. I like to be politically informed, but I also know that I can't just feel enraged 24 hours a day. And I know that there's information that I can do nothing about. So what I do, I've deleted Instagram, Twitter, everything off of my phone. My phone is not for news anymore. If I want to get the news, I will read the news. And that's what I would like you to start doing with your social media. If you want to look at social media and you want to look at your ads and stuff and you want to go to Twitter, you can on one device. And on that device, you have unfollowed these people because it is not helpful for you anymore. There is nothing more that is actionable that can be done with information that you're getting from these two people because you're not doing anything anymore with them. Every bit of progress, every bit of productivity that you can you can make now is internal. And I know we advocate for therapy a lot, but man, man, oh man, is this not the perfect time to start therapy if you can? Because uh, I feel like you might need a hand and some guidance in processing this. It seems like you don't fully understand what you did wrong, and maybe you never will, but a therapist will help you figure out your role in that and how to move forward. This is 100% the time for professional help if you can get it. Especially because you're feeling lonely and you don't, it's super hard to connect with people right now in the middle of a global pandemic. If it were easier to do, I would say, throw yourself into some new lighthearted friendships. You know, go have some fun. Take your, remember that you're good company. But that's not so easy to do right now, right? Like who wants to go on another Zoom call? Eventually the pandemic will be over and you will be okay and life is long, you will meet a lot of people. Remember that at some point in the future, these people will be a distant memory. You have so many friendships ahead of you that have nothing to do with these people. Uh, there are so many people on this earth that would be lucky to be your friend. However, that is in the future for all of us. Everyone's feeling pretty isolated and lonely right now. So I totally think if you can find some counseling, some therapy, something that will help you speak out loud what you just spoke to us in this email, I think that would be a good move. And, you know, part of it might just be talking to yourself out loud in the shower about it every now and again, you know, (laughs) like that's how I am. And I I know this is a very specific coping mechanism, but like I am always loud about my emotions and my feelings, and my opinions, because that is how I process them. It's the only way. And and I, I will I will have conversations with myself in the shower. That is how I do it. When I used to own a car and drive places, I I was talking to myself in that car the whole time. And that was very helpful for me. Something that I identified that we haven't touched on yet is that there's an entire group of friends that you're not talking to right now because you're not talking to Rhonda and Vicky, but we're, we haven't talked about the rest of the right. friends in the group. And I know, you know, for Asker, you did say that you connected more with Rhonda and Vicky, but there could be many reasons why that is that has nothing to do with your actual connection to those other friends. Maybe you share this quality of mine where occasionally I catch myself holding people in higher regard if they reject me, (laughs) you know, like they might like, oh, well, of course they did. They're just they're the ones who are correct. And the people who like me are the ones who are wrong. And that absolutely makes sense to my internal logic. It doesn't make sense, dude. And even if you don't feel very close to the, the friends in that group and and. If you hate them, ignore this. But (laughs) if you just feel a little bit distant from them, it's okay to have some tertiary friendships. You know, like it's okay to reach out um, with like texts and and meme posts with those friends. And maybe they won't become close to you on the level that you had with Vicky and Rhonda. But let me tell you something, buddy, having tertiary friends in your life 
can feel so much better and so much less alone than being completely isolated. I know that you're not getting the gold medal friends right now. And I'm not saying that these people are bad and like they don't even place. They're not even like a bronze medal or something. I'm not saying settle. I'm saying have a variety of different kinds of dynamics in your life. And you may not have heart to hearts with these friends. But like if you can exchange some jokes and and have a shared history with somebody right now, oh, man, that is worth pursuing. Oh, I so agree. It's kind of like you were married to two people and uh, now you're divorced and now you're kind of fighting, finding the footing with who else you can be, who else you could date. God, right. Um, But not really. You're not really going to date right now. Nobody is. No (laughs) one should be dating. But you get what we mean, right? Like go uh, go spread your love around. But, you know, social distancing. One thing that I neglected to mention, but I definitely want to, is can you get on some different social media? I feel like everybody has their social media of choice, like everybody picks their poison, you know. (laughs) But if Twitter constantly made me confront my feelings about my ex-friends, I would not be using Twitter anymore. (laughs) You know, like I would switch to Instagram. I would go to, to Tumblr. Reddit is terrible. Like and like I say, like never go on Reddit. But honestly, right now, even though I usually say never go on Reddit, never go on Reddit, like that song, go on Reddit if that's what it takes for you to find your community. Yeah, there's some there's some heavily moderated communities over there might be helpful. Yeah, anything, dude. Like like you are allowed. You're allowed. We're going to give you permission to to Reddit. We're not giving you permission to 4chan or 8chan. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not on. what we're fucking doing today. That is not. <laughs> yeah. The next community you join, make sure it's a, a good one. But you know who else has weird, like, good communities is, like, Ravelry, if you're a knitter or a crocheter. Like, there are niche social media. Dude, Jen, did you hear about the most recent bonkers thing that went down in 803? No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. Oh, it's so much fun. Okay, so I'm going to butcher this. So anybody who actually wants to know the real story, you should absolutely Google this and make sure that I have all of these facts correct. But so AO3, which is archive of our own, it's a repository of fanfic. And when when we say fanfic, okay, listen, sometimes it's smut. All right. Sometimes it's people writing smut about Doctor Who. But it's also (laughs) just people kind of like sharing like their fun stories. And I've 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 read a lot of Doctor Who fanfic in my day. And some of it included, you know, third base and beyond. But a lot of it was just like, I decided that this this character deserved a better ending. Yep. Uh, anyway, so AO3 is, is a wonderful place. Jen, are you familiar with an RPF? Roleplay face? What You're is so it? close. What is it? It is real person fanfic. Oh, yeah. So yes. Oh, it's God. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. It's what it is. It's what I wrote about you and the yep. Chicago Blackhawks for yep, your birthday yep, yep. like a few years it's ago. It's like when people were like, hey, Harry Styles and I are going shopping together. Oh, it's like almost always self, self-insert self yeah. stuff, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So apparently the 21s and younger are discovering fanfic for the first time through Minecraft streamer RPF. And oh. there is a long ongoing uh, RPF about some like 21-year-old Minecraft streamer that got updated after like a long time being like abandoned and it crashed AO3. That's how many people. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm so fucking delighted because like, this is like these, these kids are are coming into contact with fanfic and the, and their ability to be creative like this for the very first time. Like they, they didn't know about this. And like, my heart is exploding. 
isn't it? And like some people are like, oh, this is so fucking ridiculous because you shouldn't write about real people or whatever. It's like, God, guys, like I do think that sometimes those things can cross the line, certainly, because these people are real and they exist. But also these are 19 year old dorks. OK, like let the let them do their weird shit. We all did our weird shit. Like let them let them get it out of their system, you know, and then they can write respectable third base Doctor Who fanfic when they mature. Yeah, for for us. us. Let them them work on this so then they can start writing (laughs) Poe Dameron and Jen Bain fanfic in a couple years, okay? Absolutely. Like, let them grow. Um, This is all to say, uh, there are a variety of different places where you can find your people. (laughs) And if it's (laughs) places you don't even know about, the Internet is at your fingertips. Don't judge yourself, dude. Don't and don't judge these Minecraft RPF kids. I support them until I know more. (laughs) Unless I find out something really upsetting, which I very way I could. I could find that out until that day. I support these horny teens doing whatever they want on the internet yeah man i i uh i don't listen to bts that band but i do support the fandom that like regularly tries to hack into like republican oh God, senators right? emails. <laughs> it's so fucking funny it's always <sighs> the use they always they you cannot upset a one direction fan okay if you do that like you're gonna your computer is gonna get hacked like they are gonna steal all the your children shit. are our future i just love it. it's so so fucking funny i know that oh. we talk about like this a lot that and I say we as I mean like as a human population we talk about generational issues a lot and we often say oh the children will save us or whatever I don't believe the zoomers will save us what I believe is that the zoomers and the millennials especially the ones who aren't the ultra wealthy like we need to team up dude if we could coalesce into a union we could be unstoppable right oh like, yeah yeah, of course. Like there, when um when Harry Styles posed on a magazine wearing a dress, and all the asshole Republicans were making fun of him, the major headline was "You just pissed off the wrong thing." You did. Like, you, yeah, you will. You will pay for this. <laughs> you will like you will pay for your closed mindedness. I saw a, a criticism of him the other day that was like, "Hey, I wish he would wear dresses not just on the cover of magazines for PR, but maybe he he should wear one on the runway." I don't totally agree with like a, that being a criticism, but I was like, "Oh yeah, that would be awesome." I hope that is in his future if that's what he wants. That would be very cool. Yeah, at least rock a sarong, you know? Do you remember sarongs? Yeah, like like they were a, they were big in the late '90s with the Backstreet Boys. Like like try try it out, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like see what happens. Like yeah. just like feel your way through. How old is that kid? Is he like 25? How I'm gonna Google it. Harry Styles. I'm gonna Google Harry Styles' age. He's 26 years old. Yep. Oh my God, he was born in 1994. Harry Styles. He's six feet tall. Wow. I would have guessed the kid was five yeah. too. He's oh yeah. He's six feet tall. He was born the year after Jurassic Park came out. <laughs> That's why I cannot be attracted to him, like on any level. I can't. I still, my brain processes him as a baby. And you are much younger than me. So it is perfectly acceptable for you to have a crush on him. (laughs) But like, I just, like, I see him and I'm like, you are, I, am I looking at the image on, uh, on a ultrasound? Uh, like what's, (laughs) you know, like I want to pinch his cheeks and I'm proud of him, you know? I, man, it's so funny. Every now and again, my brain will, will choose a younger celebrity to just be proud of. Like for a while, I was really proud of Lord. (laughs) Like I was like, oh my gosh, you're accomplishing so much out of New Zealand. You little cutie, keep going. Thumbs up. <laughs> like, why do I feel that way? I don't know them. You want to put Harry Styles in your pocket and carry him around. I do. Or I want to. 
I want him to carry me in his pocket. Do you remember Polly Pocket? <laughs> were you are you old enough to Polly Pocket? Oh yeah, yeah. I want to put yep, him in definitely. a little like Polly Pocket compact and like and like have him live inside of there. That's what I want. I want to do other things. With no, him. Jed, and you're allowed. <laughs> you, I'm giggly. Allowed. I'm blushing. Oh my god! I just, uh, we should talk about celebrity crushes on our uh, podcast more often. Okay, so let's let's do a little quick recap and in conclusion for the asker. Hey, asker, listen, we don't know how much you did wrong in this situation and we never will. But we do know that your friends did you dirty here. Okay, like it's not it's not cool to compare your friends to one another, especially like in a fight. And and it is really a huge bummer that you invested so much time and energy into your friendship with your old friend who moved back and then like interloped into your friend group. That that really fucking sucks. And they have every right to curate who's in their life and they can be friends and that is okay. You have every right to feel sad and rejected and bitter. And and uh, and you are not a monster. You are deserving of love and of friendship. And your question was, how do I recover? And the recovery is you need to you need to heal first. Uh, uh, you need to you can't take the cast off yet, dude. Like the, the bone has not quite yet healed. It could take a while longer, and uh, I want you to get comfortable with that idea. Uh, oh, Jen, I'm going to say something extremely unexpected based on what you know about my personality. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> so, oh, my God. Uh, I've been trying to meditate, which oh, has good for been you. an impossibility for me because of ADHD. <laughs> but um, one piece of, of advice that I got was um, as you meditate with ADHD, you will be confronted with involuntary thoughts getting you off track far more often than somebody without, you know, like it's, it's harder mm -hmm. for us. But what you do is you accept those disruptive thoughts. You accept that they've happened. You don't dwell on them, but you say, oh, hello and goodbye, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't punish yourself for having them. And that's exactly how I want this asker to start thinking about their feelings is hello feelings. Hello, sleepy hedgehog. Okay, we are still processing this. Okay. And then when it is time to say goodbye, you will say goodbye. And don't be hard on yourself if it takes longer than you want or longer than you think it should. There is no should here. I've definitely, looking back on some, some old, old shit in my life, and been like, I can't believe that is still bothering me. That was mm -hmm. like, that was a decade ago. Why is that still making me feel this way? It's not a productive feeling. Don't punish yourself for still grieving, for, for processing the way you do. Hell yeah, Jen. Fuck yeah. <laughs> this has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you would like information about our upcoming events and uh, all kinds of wonderful bullshit, if you want to see cute pictures of us, uh, Jen's the one with uh, the longer hair. I don't know. I like I, the last time I said this, I was like, I'm the taller one. I don't know. Like, I, there's, <laughs> there's no way to tell which one is which. I'm, I'm, I'm the one with the crush on Harry Styles. When you see me, you'll know. I'm the one who looks slightly gayer, so that's, that's how you'll know. Uh, go to friendshippingpodcast.com. If you want to follow us on Twitch or Twitter, you can do it at the same handle, do friendship. Thank you, Ian Parman, for editing. I feel like we say this every week uh, about how grateful we are for, for Ian, but like he's just been dealing with so much of our bullshit. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monica Verba, for being our literary agent. Uh, thank you to Lauren Gallagher for your design work that we still use. Thank you to uh, Molly Lewis for your beautiful theme song that you created and sang for us. And thank you, audience, for listening. I just, it's, I want every now and again, it becomes very strange to me that there are people who listen to this show still. And thank you for doing that. 
I'm deeply in denial about that. But um, you're welcome for talking. New friendship at the problem. I think most of the population has at least an 8% crush on him. And if you if you disagree with that, I we can fight about it on the internet, okay? <laughs> Text, tweet, tweet at me about it. 